0: I am Jace Curry, the Director of Community Outreach at Women Offshore. A popular topic here at Women Offshore has centered on maternity benefits at shipping and offshore companies. In this mini series, you and I are going to learn about different opportunities around maternity benefits and how women are accomplishing their career dreams and family planning. This is the Women Offshore Podcast. Women Offshore is a 501c3, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting a diverse workforce on the water. Welcome back to the Women Offshore podcast. Today, we're flipping the script on its head, and I have our host, Ali Sedeno, here to be interviewed. Ali, welcome back to your own podcast.
1: Hi, it's so nice to be here, but I'm in a different seat.
0: Excited to have you. I'm so excited to talk about this and share this with our audience because I think your story is so unique, but it also gives so much in terms of empowerment to other women in terms of doing their own family planning in maybe a less traditional way than we did 10 or 20 years ago. So thanks for being here with us today.
1: Yeah, thank you. I'm excited to talk about this and share my story. Some people know about it. Many do not. And like you said, it's a very different approach to family planning. So let's get started.
0: Yeah, let's dive in. So when did you start thinking about wanting a family?
1: It's always been something that's been in the back of my mind, but I didn't necessarily think it was going to be a part of my life. I just didn't know because I had prioritized my career and had all these goals that I wanted to accomplish and starting a family often felt like I would have to give all that up that I wouldn't be able to go to sea yeah. that I just would have to get a shore side job I just I didn't know put it on the back burner and I was also in a marriage for a while that didn't work out it, I knew I didn't want to have kids with him I got out of that marriage ended up meeting someone who I realized I wanted to have a family with I'm 35 years old, and I was thinking, okay, well, how am I going to plan this all out? Being a planner, I got to work and realized that my company, TransOcean, had an amazing benefit that was pretty new. And what that meant was IVF, in vitro fertilization, would be covered by my insurance and I could go get my eggs frozen or make embryos. At 35, my eggs would be probably better to use than later on in my late 30s or early 40s. And I could get them frozen and then use them when I needed to. So I started doing the research and realized, okay, this could happen. This is feasible. It's affordable thanks to my company and the insurance policy. So I went and saw a doctor.
0: I think you touched on an important point early on, right? In terms of being a woman who does well in this industry, there is a certain personality and profile that is kind of common amongst, you know, the high achieving women in this industry. And it's like, oh, career first and figure out family when you get there. And so I love that you touched on that, but then now are still finding a way to have everything that you want.
1: Yeah, it's not easy, right? It's not easy to figure this out. And knowing that my company has that as a benefit takes a huge burden off my shoulders. I don't know if I would be on the same path if it wasn't for Transocean's benefits. Yeah. So I'd like to give a big shout out to them because this has taken probably tens of thousands of dollars of expenses off of my plate and has meant that I can afford to go through the IVF treatments, and then freeze embryos.
0: And so I know a question that I get a lot or you know, hear a lot when talking to either cadets or girlfriends that I went to school with is that a lot of women know they're not ready for kids, but they're wondering what their fertility actually looks like, and they're scared to miss the window. So what did that process look like for you?
1: Yeah, that is a really good point. And Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of good news around that, but the silver lining is I have a good understanding of of what, what my chances are of having kids because of this process too. This whole experience has revealed that I have some fertility issues. It's very difficult for me to get pregnant because my eggs most likely have these chromosome abnormalities to them are there's the potential for chromosome abnormalities that what that has looked like is at this point i have gone through two cycles i've had my eggs removed they have been fertilized with my partner's semen and unfortunately out of the two rounds where we got 21 eggs removed you'd think that's a lot we only have one embryo that made it And that's a boy, and he's frozen, and it's exciting to know that he's there when we need him. There's still risk there that when we go to implant that he might not make it, but I'd like to think that he will. It is upsetting to go through all this. It's it's heart-wrenching to go through all this pain that you go through with the cycles because it's it's not easy on your body. You have to go through 10 days about or more of injections and then go through surgery where they go in and remove your eggs. After that, it's a waiting game of getting them fertilized, see if they make it to freezing and then freeze them. Some women might decide to go forward with implantation sooner. I was offshore when I got the news for the last round. And I went up and called my doctor at lunchtime to see what the update was. How many many embryos did we have from this latest round? And we were so hopeful because we had six embryos that were hopefully going to make it to freezing. And none of them made it. So walked away from that cycle with no new embryos. And it just broke my heart. And then I had to go work for another six hours. Fortunately, I got assigned to work on a PowerPoint presentation, and I was happy to do that and sit at the computer and distract myself. It's so hard to get that news, but especially when you're offshore and you don't feel like you can really talk to people about it. Like, what would the guys know of of this? Fortunately, there was a woman out there with me who was pregnant at the time. She's one of my friends. Shout out to Brooklyn. I ran into her and was able to cry on her shoulder and talk to her about what was going on. And she was so sweet and supportive and assured me that that I would get through this. And, And I did. And I'm moving forward with another cycle in July.
0: Congratulations on that next cycle. I think you touched on another important point here is that motherhood and working in this industry is hard, right? Regardless of Whether it's just something that happens naturally or something that takes, you know, is planned and gone into with a lot of thought. And so thanks for touching on the emotional toll of that as well and getting vulnerable with that.
1: None of this is easy. It's not easy even if you're just trying to go out there and work and get home. And when you add in the part of trying to have a family on top of this. It, it makes it so hard, but th- I think this series that you're doing is important because it's going to show people that women do go to sea as mothers and do plan out their families as seafarers. It is, it is rare, but it, it is possible and we're showing how it's possible.
0: Yeah. And one thing that I love about this too is we're just going to cover so many different stories in terms of how women make it happen, Right. So I'm excited to showcase you in this and some of the other interviews that we have coming. Your employer covers IVF, which is such an incredible benefit, knowing the cost that goes into that. Was this something that you had considered before you knew it was covered by your employer?
1: Yes, I was talking to my partner about it and what what we thought our options might be so I could continue with my career. And during those conversations, I had a light bulb moment. Oh yeah. TransOcean added this as a benefit. Let me look into that more. So it was something I was considering and I was thankful that I remembered a presentation by Janelle Daniel, vice president of HR at TransOcean. She had spoken at the Women Offshore Conference back in 2019, sharing a little bit about what this benefit would look like and its importance. So I was able to take that information that I learned from our own event and apply it to my own life.
0: Amazing. What advice or resources would you recommend for a woman who's looking at all of her options for family planning?
1: First, I would talk to your employer I'd see if they have any sort of benefit like this. Most likely they will not, to be honest, but they may. I am seeing more companies come out with this benefit. They're largely outside the maritime industry, However, we got to ask. We got to show our employers that that we want this and see what happens there. Other resources online, there's Facebook groups, there are blogs, there are forums. But before you look at any of that, go see a doctor and talk to them, talk about what your options are, talk about financing, talk about your your age and, and what you're looking to plan for having a family, what your timeline looks like, because there are a lot of scary stories on those blogs and forums and it's easy to get wrapped up and, and fear the worst outcome. And
0: for sure.
1: So I would definitely talk to a doctor in your area, get a consult and see just what's available to you through that doctor. Something that I worry about is I might not be able to use my own eggs, right? Maybe that boy that we have will work out. But if we want more children, I might not be able to use my own eggs and I could go get an egg donor. And fortunately through my doctor's system, he has egg donors at the ready. Oh my god! Right. And that's not something I knew until I talked to him about that. And he said that with an egg donor, we could find someone who looks like me and has certain traits that, that we're looking for and a mom that would match mine. And it would be someone who's who's young and in her early 20s, most likely. And we'd have to pay her, of course. However, the chances of that egg being a good egg would be very, very high. And it would most likely mean a baby. And I would carry the baby still. And I've, I've heard of this being very successful from other people as well, where a friend of mine has a friend who used a donor egg and they don't think of that child as anyone other than their friend's child. So there are other opportunities out there, other ways to make this work if you have fertility issues like like I'm experiencing. And the best thing to do is is talk to a doctor and do your research that way.
0: I love that, Allie. And that's such an empowering way to look at everything, right? Like there's options out there, but until you know what your options are, there may be things that are totally out of the scope of what you've ever imagined.
1: Yeah. And it's so easy to get wrapped up in the horror stories that are out there. So stay away from (laughs) those. Don't read them. Dr.
0: Google is not your friend.
1: Right. It's stressful enough. You don't need to stress yourself out more. That's what I've learned.
0: Yeah. And what were you most surprised by on your journey?
1: How hard it is. How hard it is to find out that you go through this, you get, say, 10 eggs. Like my first round had 10 eggs and only, I think, eight were good eggs, which seemed like a high number. And then only four fertilized and then only two made it to freezing. And one was tested as having a chromosome abnormality. I think it was missing chromosome number two, and then one was healthy. That's our, our boy. So just going through that process and not understanding that this this doesn't mean you're going to have a baby, right? You can throw as much money at it as you want. You can put as much time into it as you want, but it does not mean you're going to have a baby in the end. And that that has been an unfortunate surprise to learn from. A positive surprise is just all the resources and the support that we're getting through our doctor and and his system and and I, I appreciate I appreciate who's in our corner and how they're helping
0: us. I'm so glad that that's the level of support that you're experiencing in this. Is IVF something that you think would help retain women in the offshore workforce?
1: I think it's a good benefit with retaining women. There's no one answer that. Will retain all women, of course. Talking to other women, and I tell them about how this is a benefit. They want to work for a transition even more so. Yeah, they want this benefit. And I've spoken to a few women in our network who applied specifically because they heard about this, and and they were already interested in transition. But when they heard that this was a benefit that IVF would be covered, because They were looking into it already, or they knew that that would be a part of their journey. They filled out the application and got it in. So, I think it is a good tool for recruiting. I think it is a great benefit if you're a woman in the workforce and that's what you want. Not all women want to have kids, but if it's something that you do think that you'll utilize, it will be great for you. And then you can plan out your career with this benefit. And most likely, It will help retain women in the workforce in that process.
0: Oh, I know even when you and I talked about it, you shared like, hey, you know, I'm going through this training program and I'm likely not going to be ready to start a family within the next couple of years. And having gone through a similar training program myself, I was like, there is no way you're going to want to start a family during that time. Yeah, absolutely. It's intense.
1: And for those who don't know, like I am training for two years to become a standalone assistant driller. And so these two years, I'm in every position in the drilling department. So started out as a roustabout and then moved to a floor hand. And I just completed a hitch as a pump hand where I'm doing stairs 12 hours a day. It's so hot. In a very hot <laughs> space. And I don't think anyone would want to be pregnant.
0: Allie, thank you so much for sharing about your journey, about your experience. Any final thoughts before we close?
1: I want to say thank you to everyone who's listened and has an open mind about women in the workforce and managing their own families, because there are a lot of people who are very opinionated about this subject who hold women back because they don't think mothers should go to sea. I see that from probably a different perspective than other people see it because I help manage our social media and our website. And when we put stuff out there that supports women who are mothers and seafarers, we get some serious hate. And there are nasty messages and posts about it. And it's unfortunate. We have to deal with that. And we need more people to understand that this is possible. It's not for everyone. It's something that is very difficult, but if a woman wants to have a career and she has a way to have a family in that process, why are we holding her back? Why would we stop her? Why wouldn't we encourage her and support her and be in her corner with resources?
0: That's a great point. I think that a lot of people aren't even aware that the resources exist or that we can empower mothers and expecting mothers in the workforce. We also get some fantastic comments and support as well. Yes,
2: that is true. Definitely <laughs> true. seeing
0: some of the negative is like, gosh, would you say that to you know, your best friend's wife or like a person in your actual life? You yeah, know?
1: that is true. Would you say that to their face?
0: Ali, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your story, for sharing about just the benefits in terms of IVF and family planning, and we appreciate you so much.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Jace, for taking over this podcast for a few weeks. So I can also focus on some other things at Women Offshore, but it's so needed to talk about this subject and do it in a way that shares some unique stories, but gets the resources out there to support women who are moms and they work on the water.
0: Excited to do so. I'll give you back the reins in a few weeks. And for all the listeners out there, we'll chat with you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. Here at Women Offshore, we're dedicated to talking about what impacts women in the offshore workforce. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to contribute, please donate and consider setting up a recurring donation at womenoffshore.org donation. Until next time, stay safe out there and we'll talk to you soon. Before you go, here are some events on
1: deck from my colleague Savannah at the Oil & Gas Global Network.
2: Hey, everybody. It's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for May 2021. This month, we have four events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our online events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events I talk about here. We even include events that occur two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. First up, we have our in-person event, which is the 20YPO's networking mixer at the Houston Club on May 25th. Next, we have our three online events, the Post-Industrial Summit Series from May 4th to June 22nd, the Data Fabric and Data Ops webinar on May 5th, and the Maritime Career Day hosted by Women Offshore on May 21st. Other than these events, OGDN has a live stream this month titled Identifying and Evaluating Advantage Oil Projects on May 5th. So make sure to check that out on our Facebook, LinkedIn, or OGGN.com for more information. You can also find more information about that or any of the live streams or events we have coming up also on Facebook, LinkedIn, or OGGN.com. If you have any questions about these events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for May. I hope you guys have a great month and thanks for tuning in.